Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Aces with love is stopped. Picked up by Gray. She can go coast to coast. There's three. There's two. She's going to launch from three. Chelsea Gray for three. Unbelievable. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Jackie's got it. Aces got numbers three on two. To Plum for three. KP, ring it up. Boom, shaka, waka, waka, boom. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. T.C. Martin. To Bay, she's open for three. She sees it. She's got the bucket. One, two, three times for Bay Bay. T.C. Martin. And you got that right. Money won't change it. Raquana, Bay Bay Williams. This is the greatest show. The ball is in the air. The Las Vegas Aces have won their very first WNBA championship. The doctor is now here. That guy gets kind of excited. I don't know. I'm pumped. Are you? I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Because tonight... I'm going to make the argument right now, and you got to hear me out with this. Tonight is the most important game you've had in this city since the Golden Knights won the Cup. It is No doubt about it. It is the biggest basketball game since the WNBA Finals, game one and two of last year. Tonight. Because tonight is the Commissioner's Cup Championship. Now, for those that don't fully understand what that means, I'm going to explain it to you. All right, It is the Aces. It's the New York Liberty. It's the top two teams in the WNBA. But, again, this is has been a tournament format. All right, The Commissioner's Cup is in its third year, still relatively new to the WNBA. The Aces won this last year against the Chicago Sky when they went on the road. Now, you play 10 games that count towards this Commissioner Cup standings, and it's the the basically splitting up the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference of the WNBA. So the first time you play an opponent in, in your you know beginning of the schedule, all right, those games count towards a Commissioner Cup, okay, both home and away. So, example, first time you play Seattle, that's Commissioner's Cup qualifying game. And you go in Seattle, you here, boom, those are two games. And you play all the Western Conference opponents. Whoever has the best record after those 10 games, which usually concludes before the All-Star break, the team with the best record in the West faces the best record, the team with the best record in the East. The Aces, 9-1, all right? And that lone loss was to Dallas in the Western Conference. And then the New York Liberty um, went 7-3. and three. So those are the top two teams. Not to mention, these two teams are on a collision course, probably to the WNBA Finals. Both are quote-unquote super teams. I really don't like that terminology because the Aces built theirs basically through the draft. The Liberty drafted Sabrina Inescu, number one. Okay, great job, but can't miss because, of course, she was the number one player coming out of college in 2020. But they went and got Brianna Stewart via free agency, John Quill Jones in a trade, uh, Courtney Vandersloot via free agency, and they built their team to compete with the Las Vegas Aces. These two teams have played twice already this year. 
The first time played here in Las Vegas, going back five weeks ago, and Aces won handily, winning by 17 points. They played a week ago last Sunday in Brooklyn, New York, and the Aces suffered their worst loss since they relocated here from San Antonio. So in the six years they've been here, they got drilled and they lost by 38 points. So revenge plays into the factor here. However, this just isn't another game. The WNBA Commissioner's Cup okay, is one of the only games that is set up to play for money. All right? This game is worth $500,000. Think about that. It's worth a half a million dollars. And that's why it's the most important game of the season in the WNBA schedule. This is why it's the most important or most um, anticipated game here in Las Vegas. Because you're playing for a Stanley Cup. Granted, you're playing for a world championship like the Aces did going back to September. All right? Those are for championships. So this is for a championship as well, too. But the caveat is you're playing for money. You remember those games when you were maybe a kid and or maybe you were an adult, okay, because you had a little bit more money. And you're playing a pickup game and you're playing for money. Maybe you're a golfer and you say, hey, we're, we're playing. We're playing for some money today. We're playing for some big money today. Dollar a hole? Yeah. Dollar a hole or Phil Mickelson, $100,000 a hole, you know, or Michael Jordan, that kind of money. You know what I'm saying? But that's what this game is tonight. The winner, the winning organization gets $500,000. Okay. That's where it's going. So each player will receive $30,000. Now, to someone who's a rookie, where your rookie salary is less than $50,000, That's half of what you're going to make all season, and you have a chance to put that in your pocket come around 9 p.m. tonight. That is very cool. All right. Even if you are a player that's making $150,000 or $200,000 in the WNBA, think about the percentage. One game, almost like a winner take all, $30,000 to each player. Yeah, there's a trophy involved. There's a banner involved, but there's a half a million dollars involved at $30,000 a player to the winning team. So yeah, it's an important game. So you add the money factor into this, and it just adds a whole new light. And then you factor in, well, you got the two best teams in the WNBA. You got the two hottest teams. You look at the Aces, they're 27-3. and They're on pace to set the all-time best record, best winning percentage if they don't lose another game, but they're going to get the most wins. The Houston Comets have that at 27-3. They only played 30 games back in 1998. Aces are 27-3 right now. They've won three in a row. They've won 11 of their last 12. The New York Liberty started off slow because, like I said, they were trying to still mesh together, piecing together a team. But they're playing some fantastic basketball. They've won six in a row. They're 24-6. and They've won 10 of their last 11. You have superstars galore in this game. Not only have the two best teams, you have the two best starting fives. And I want you to think about this. Not only are these teams number one and number two in just about every statistical category except for rebounding. Dallas Wings are number one with that. But the Aces are number one in just about every statistical category. And the New York Liberty are number two. 
But here's this will tell you how good of the talent is on both teams. You have the number one overall pick in this game from 2016, Brianna Stewart. 2017, Kelsey Plum. 2018, Asia Wilson. 2019, Jackie Young. 2020, Sabrina Inescu. How many is that? Five. Five. Aces got three of them, and the Liberty have two. Where have you ever seen a game matched up like that? Never. Anywhere. History. I don't care what sport, you've never seen that. Five number one overall picks on the floor at the same time going against each other, representing the two best teams in the league, in the world. One team has three, one has two. Oh, and by the way, you're playing for half a million dollars. Also, isn't there seven all-stars on this game? At least... Yeah, maybe eight. Eight. Wait, how, how many did the Aces have? Maybe. Well, the Aces had four. So there's four, five, yeah. six. So it's seven. Yeah. You're, seven. you're looking at seven. Yeah. Yeah. Unheard of. That's. It's an, all, it's an all-star game. Yeah. Well, <laughs> a lot better than an all-star game. I can tell you. So if you're going to the game tonight, uh, enjoy the game. If you can't go to the game, make sure that you do uh, join me and listen on the radio. And the only negative thing about this, as we get into a terrible Tuesday, is this game is not available on television for everybody because it's on Amazon Prime. And I've had a lot of people that have reached out to me and, why is it not on ABC? Why is it not on ESPN? Because it's an Amazon Prime deal that the WNBA has. It it is unfortunate, but now if you can find it, you know, no different than like Thursday night football, something like that. I mean, it's out there. You can find it. But a lot of people may not find the game tonight or realize that it's on Amazon Prime. So more of the reason to try to get to the game if you can. And again, it, you know, game will be sold out if it isn't already. Uh, and it will be a fantastic game tonight between the top two teams with so much star power. And, you know, when you see the intensity on these players' faces because you are playing for $30,000 a player. Now, the loser will get $10,000. And, um, again, charity is involved as well, too. So, and uh, the Aces are playing uh, for their charity uh, here in uh, southern uh, Nevada. So, Aces have already raised, they've won actually $28,500 for American Civil Liberties Union of Nevada during the 2022 campaign. Um, and then these have already won 18500 after going 9-1 in those 10 games we talked about. Um, and they could uh, raise an additional $10,000 tonight uh, for their charity, uh, the Southern Nevada um, Women's Health Organization, which is really cool. All right. It is the Southern Nevada chapter of the National Alliance on Mental Health. So pretty cool. So you have charity involved. You have individual money involved. (laughs) You got bragging rights involved. And 
Remember, these two teams battling for the best record. So if they do meet in the WNBA Finals come September, that uh, home court advantage is with that team as well, too. They played twice already. Aces won handily, like I said, earlier on this year. And last Sunday, a week ago last Sunday, the Liberty defeated the Aces, uh, crushed the Aces. So we know how the Aces are in revenge games as well, too. Avenge the loss to Connecticut, blew them out. Played the Dallas Wings after they lost, blew them out. Let's see what happens tonight. The line tonight has the Aces favored by seven. Money line right around $3, minus 310. So, yeah, very intriguing game tonight. All right, today on the show, Heidi Fang is going to join us. We'll talk some Raiders with her. Talk about the Raiders now getting ready to go down to uh, L.A. They're already in L.A. after Sunday's game. They uh, flew down there, spent the whole week there. They got joint practices with the Rams, uh, and then they will play Saturday night with that. T.J. Reeves will join us from Tampa, Florida. We will talk to T.J. Reeves uh, about Wander Franco under investigation. Also talk a little Tampa Bay Rays. Even though they're 23 games above 500, still it feels like the Tampa Bay Rays have collapsed. And then also the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the New York Jets this weekend. So we'll get his thoughts on that. Chuck Esposito will join us over at Red Rock, our fantastic uh, friend and uh, sportsbook director over there. So a lot to hit on in the show. But we all know what day of the week this is. It's Terrible Tuesday. That's terrible. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. <laughs> it's Terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. The Tampa Bay Rays. Shortstop. Wander Franco. Under investigation in the Dominican Republic over an alleged relationship with a minor. Now, the Rays placed Franco on the restricted list on Monday as Major League Baseball is investigating this matter. Apparently, Franco has been texting and exchanging social media posts with a 14-year-old girl. Yeah, that's right. That's why Major League Baseball is looking into this and investigating this. So, Franco... Currently not with the team, and uh, a mutual agreement between Major League Baseball and the Rays and Franco that he step aside from the team. Now, Franco took to Instagram to address this and denied all allegations before Tampa Bay's game on Sunday against the Cleveland Guardians. Now, while he is trying to profess his innocence, you have Jose Siri formerly the Astros, and now on the Tampa Bay Rays. He is Franco's teammate. He's in the background yelling in Spanish. People after money. Numbtruck, can we get a Spanish translator? Because I'd like to know exactly what that sounds like. I want to hear Jose Siri saying whatever, how he said it. We have one. Translation, Wait. people after money. We have one first guest. We do. Heidi. Heidi speaks Spanish. She does. We can have her say it. We'll have her say it. So I, I'm going to have to wait 15 minutes is what you're saying. You're going to have to wait 15 minutes. Okay. See if I can remember that. You know, that's a long time from now. <sighs> Here's an odd twist to the story. Do you know what Sunday was at the juice box, as I like to call it there, at Tropicana Field? The worst home stadium of any team for any sport. Sunday was Wonder Franco 
Snapback Hat Day. Yes. And you know how that works? Fans, 14 and under, could receive a free snapback hat when they go through the gates at Tropicana Field. (laughs) What was that, Numbchuck? What was the age that you get a free hat if you are what? 14 and under. 14 and under. Does that number sound familiar? (laughs) You have no sound effect for me. Yeah, I've caught you speechless. (laughs) <laughs> yep i did catch it well, you had I no idea did sound you? yeah oh. yeah 14 and under and he's apparently having these conversations more than just conversations are there some picks going on here do you think there's some picks that no one's talking about what do you think maybe 14 and under but there is an update. Uh, oh, we have an update? We have breaking per, news? Per sources, okay. the relationship that Wander has with the, the girl started when he was 17 and she was 13. She is now... What are you talking about? That's... Okay. But how long ago was that? They're, they're saying that she she's now, 14 now. She is now 19. She's now 19. With a daughter and almost then two where, years old. Then why are they talking about... Uh, uh, this relationship with a 14-year-old. That's what we're hearing, right? That's what we're hearing. Okay. I don't know. Some, somebody better find out what's going on with that. But anyway, yeah, Wander Franco in a little bit of trouble here. Now, remember, like I said, it's Wander Franco snapback hat day. And he did not start in the game on Sunday. Actually, he left the juice box in the fifth inning when word got out that, oh my goodness, this story broke. Tampa Bay manager Kevin Cash was asked whether there was any issue why Franco would not play other than having a scheduled day off. Kevin Cash says, no, I'm aware of the speculation, and I'm not going to comment on this any further. The day off was because it was a day off. Hmm. Here's the deal. It's Wander Franco snapback hat, hat day. How many times do I have to say that? Say that three times real fast. No thanks. For 14 and under. <laughs> Forget. Maybe free something else. Who knows? He's in the lineup. Okay? You know this is on the promotional calendar all season long. All right? He's going to play on this day. It's his day. So stop it, Kevin Cash. All right? He was supposed to be in the lineup on Sunday. The Rays... Upstairs, they said, get him out of the lineup. Don't have him play. The stuff is coming down. Oh, by the way, when was the last time he played? The day before that, on Saturday. Didn't play Sunday. Monday, we get the announcement. Okay, you know, he's he's not playing anymore. He's not with the team. Yeah, he's off starting Monday. He's off starting Monday maybe forever. Think about that. He got to play, and he was going to play. So this is what gets me. Don't sit there and lie about it, saying it was his off day. Your off day is going to be on a Saturday or something else. It's or, or Monday. It's not going to be off on the day that they're giving away your promotional item. Doesn't happen. Crazy. 
Now, he wanted to know where Franco is as far as superstar. This guy's superstar status. He was an all-star for the first time this year. But this year he's hitting 281, 17 homers, 58 RBIs. He signed an 11-year deal for $182 million. A contract extension back in November of 2021. Team has an option 2033. Think about that. 33, 10 years from now, to make the deal worth $233 million when it's all said and done. Yeah, the guy's a superstar. He's probably their best player, is their best player. You got to be smart. You got to be careful. And how about this? Find a girl in Tampa. Get a Tampa Bay girl. There's plenty of nice Tampa Bay girls. You know, the Dominican, a 14-year-old, just saying, not a good luck. I'll give you another thing, it's not a good luck. We've got blindside controversy. And I'm talking about the movie, The Blind Side. Great movie, right? Actually, it's one of my favorite movies. Not like not top 10 or anything like that. Pretty good movie, yeah. It's a pretty good movie. I enjoyed it. And why did I enjoy it? Well, I enjoyed it because the football scenes were fairly, I say fairly realistic. The only ridiculous scene out of the movie was, you know, when he's playing uh, in a high school game and he blocks the guy and, you know, carries him like 40 yards in the end zone. That was a little ridiculous. But I like the cast. Uh, you know, we had some great coaches in there. Ed Ogeron made it, made a, uh, an appearance. Nick Saban, you know, when he was the LSU coach, he was in there. Everyone was trying to you know, recruit Michael Orr. I like the movie. All right. But that movie was 2009. 2009. Retired NFL star Michael Orr, which the movie was, was about, all right, whose supposed adoption by a, a wealthy white family was immortalized in the film The Blind Side, the Tui family. All right. So Michael Orr has petitioned a Tennessee court with allegations that a central element of the story of the story was a lie concocted by the family, the Tui family, to enrich itself at his expense. There's a 14-page petition filed in Shelby County, Tennessee, in probate court that alleges that Sean and Leanne Tui, who took Orr into their home as a high school student, never actually adopted him. Okay, this is according to Michael Orr. Instead, less than three months after uh, Michael Orr turned 18, that was in, t- in 2004, the petition says the couple tricked him into signing a document making them his conservators, which gave them the legal authority to make business deals in his name. Now, the petition also alleges that the Tuies used their power to strike a deal that paid them and their two birth children, who you saw uh, in the movie as well. Obviously, they were actors. We understand that. Uh, To give them millions of dollars in royalties from the Oscar-winning film that earned more than $300 million, while Michael Orr got nothing. The story's about Michael Orr, and he got nothing. And according to Michael Orr, he goes, the story would not even have existed without him. True. In the years since, the Tuies have continued calling the 37-year-old Michael Orr their adopted son and have used that assertion to promote their foundation as well as the Leanne Tui work as an author and a motivational speaker. So 
2009 was the movie. Why now? Why in 2023 are we getting this information? And why didn't Michael Orr do anything about that earlier? Now, I remember Michael Orr coming out after the movie was made. I do remember this. He thought that parts of the movie didn't portray him correctly. And I remember him saying that he was saying that, you know, he wasn't totally new to football. Because in the movie, if you remember, like he's never played football. He's kind of goofy. But you saw him on a basketball court where he was dunking and, you know, he had a pretty good jump shot. And that's why the coach wanted to recruit him to play football. But Michael Moore said that he was not totally new to football. He was not that awkward. But we didn't hear anything until now that the adoption wasn't real. So, I don't know. Bad look for the Tuies, obviously. Bad look for Ole Miss as well. So, we'll have to continue to follow the story. But Michael Orr, uh, the star of the blind side, and again, great football career in the NFL, played with the Baltimore Ravens, um, really has not really said anything to this degree until now. But, uh, hey, maybe a lot of people will now go back and watch the blind side again to continue to garnish more royalties for the Tui family. All right. It's a Blake Martinez update. Remember our good friend Blake Martinez, right? Played with the Packers, played with the Raiders, and ended up leaving the Raiders going back, what, now what, a year and a half. He retired from the NFL. For, remember why? For Pokemon. The Pokemon cards. Yes. This was a really, a good feel-good story at the time. Blake Martinez said he was tired of starting over in the NFL. Felt like he was never going to make you know tons of money. Even though, here's a trivia question for you. How much money do you think Blake Martinez made in his NFL career? Under a million. 100% under a million. You think so? Yeah. $268,000. Told you. Very good. Do you know what Blake Martinez made in one year with his business called Blake's Breaks? It's Do you a know? boatload. I, I don't know what Take it guess. is. Take a guess. Since we're in the guessing go, game here. One year. Four Since million. he retired. Four million. 11.5. Oh, jeez. 11.5 million. Good for Blake, right? However, this story is... Mm, doesn't sound like it's going to end well for Blake Martinez. Found his prominent trading card company, all right, Blake's Breaks, but a prominent trading card marketplace called Whatnot announced it would be banning Martinez's company from its site after an investigation to reports that he had scammed customers, making over $11.5 million in one year since retiring. He was accused of swapping out high-level packs on streams for lower-level packs. So I don't know how many card aficionados we have with our audience. I don't know about you, Numchuck. If you've ever collected cards, probably not. You took the cards and put them in your bicycle spokes. No, right? I, I did. I love that sound, too, because I did my Schwinn. Kind of, not really. I'll give it an eight and a half. <laughs> oh, eight and a half. It was, it was a pretty good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The bicycle spokes. Um, man, do you mean, I mean, I got some pretty good baseball, football, basketball cards back in the day, but just think how many g- really good ones I could have if I didn't put them in the bicycle spokes. And go. Exactly. 
swapping out high-level packs for lower-level packs. There are also reports that orders had never been shipped out to purchasers, and that Martinez also alleged to have manipulated live bets on his channel. You could bet. You bet on these cards. With these cards. Fixing energy card packs to ensure no one betting would have a chance of winning. So here's what Blake Martinez said. Here's his quote. Kind of like, listen to this or read in between the lines. I just want to say I'm sorry to everybody that was out there. You have the right to feel the way you do because I know the optics across the board. I never wanted to make this feel or look like a scam. I never wanted to make this feel any type of way. I didn't want to give any reason whatsoever. I know the type of business I run. But he did acknowledge that there would be a staffing change made in his company. Now that sounds like the big wheel in the casino that is going to land on one. That's a bicycle spot. I love it. I was about going, I was going that fast when I was six. I weep. You remember this? I weep. I was on my green stingway bicycle while you were trying to rap to my sister. There it is. Blake Martinez, guilty or not guilty? You don't know. You you were no all comment. over. You no were all over the comment. story. You were all over the story in the beginning. You were I, saying, "Man, this is cool." This, hey, look at this guy. He's making money. Pokemon. There's tons of money to be made in Pokemon cards. Let's just say I, I've been. Wa- I've watched a couple of Blake breaks. You have. Yes. Okay. And it's sketchy. Really it's sketch. Really? It's very sketchy. Oh, man. So here we go again. A guy that played in the NFL, a lot of pomp and circumstance going with him in his career and getting into this. You got to go by the book, man. You're going to be held to a higher standard because you're a former NFL player. You're not your average Pokemon card dealer. Uh, Wander Franco, got to be careful. Professional athlete. Oh, man. Blake Martinez. Former NFL player, making good money. Ah, crazy. I don't know. Those are terrible Tuesday takes. If you got some, you can hit me on Twitter at TCMartin21. All right. Heidi Fang's going to join us. TJ Reeves, Chuck Esposito, and Asia Wilson. You hear from her um, a little bit later on as we get ready for the Commissioner's Cup Final tonight, where the half a million dollars get wrecked with the doctor, TC Martin. You know, the musical selections that come up when our next guest comes on is pretty eclectic and pretty ridiculous at the same time. I don't know. And I'm just waiting for our next guest to come in and start singing or laughing or maybe doing the boat. Oh, I have no idea. Ladies and gentlemen, now making her way down the aisle in a Lucha Liebre final. <laughs> That's what I feel like here. The masked executioner. <laughs> From Juarez, Mexico. If you don't know by now, that's Heidi Fang. 
Heidi Fang, I don't know what she is. She's, she's, maybe, she's half Spanish, half Japanese, half Samoan. I, I don't know what you are. Irish? What, what, do you, what do you got in you? Anyway, anyway. Many stories about the history of my ethnicity. Started in the strawberry fields in California. Strawberry fields forever. A young Filipino man had immigrated from the Philippines. To meet a lovely Mexican woman. Spill the wine, take that pearl. (laughs) And the other side, an Irish Navy man. Oh, yeah, a little Irish spring there. Was working in an office where his mother was a, I believe, secretary at the time. And a young lady was getting released from the Manzanar camps of, uh, you know, the U.S. uh, history books but i think it's in there i'm not sure anyway this sounds like a movie uh, this sounds like an actual movie or a book i mean i didn't know if you were rifting or you actually have uh you know that's that's all you know straight from the hardest confunction would say that's all the real stuff yeah no seriously so the the grandma that was japanese was released from an internment camp and had to go into the office fill out paperwork Boom, meets this Irish Navy guy. And then over in the fields of California, my grandfather and grandmother met from the Mexican and Filipino side. True wow. American stuff right there, TC. I love it. Americana at its finest. <laughs> Heidi Fang, we never know what's, what is she's going to say. We never know where she is when she conducts these interviews. Today, it sounds like uh, you're actually it's quiet. There's a lot of grasshoppers. Oh. There's grasshoppers out here and me. Uh, out here in the historic side of West Las Vegas. You know what? I'd like for you to do the, the show one time, either from a grocery store, like maybe the cereal aisle or something like that, because I would love to, to get some of that ambience going. And, uh, usually a lot of good soundtracks also, as you know, in grocery stores and, uh, <laughs> or, or drive through or maybe Heidi Fang in a drive through. That would be good. While she's captions. ordering? Yes, of course. Yeah. yeah on, the, on the show, like when you're watching stuff, you put the captions. Do you ever wonder why when they're in grocery stores and it's like elevator music, it says Muzak. It says M-U-Z-A-K. Yes. That's a company. That's a company that, oh, prov- that provides the music. I thought they would just call in elevator music a new thing, but make it fancy. No, that's the company that provides the music. Yeah, they call it Muzak. Muzak. Yeah, and, and, and you got to pay Muzak for that. Oh. That's why you never hear like a DJ or anything. You know, it's not like they're piping into a station <laughs> or it's not somebody's playlist. You know what I mean? It's yeah. 59 cents a pound. <laughs> Semi-bonus. that? Roast. 99 cents. Not like Yeah, I want you in the in the fruit section. All right, because I, I told the story the other day. I struggle in the fruit section. I mean, I love my peaches. I, it's hard for me to pick out a good peach. You know, tomatoes I struggle with. I mean, because, again, I, I'm a little OCD with this kind of stuff. It has to be like the perfect thing. I, I you know, cereal, all that stuff, milk. Uh, you know, I'm a date snob, so I look at all that stuff. So okay. we could we could have some interesting I conversation. How, I don't know how people do the you what do you call the thing on the delivery thing on your phone with the Instacart. Instacart, yeah. I don't know how people do that. I don't know how people do that because, like, if you're gonna go and you pick up bananas, how you know they're not gonna bring you the ones that are all browned up or the overly green ones that you have to wait for two days? 
to get to the right yellow, and then because we live in Vegas, it turns to brown like a day after that. So yeah, I mean, you got to find the right mixture of fruits and vegetables on your own. And how do you know they don't go? I mean, you want the organic broccoli, and they just don't bring you the regular broccoli. And there's like a lot of wait, little wait. things when you think about it that could happen when you're Instacarting. And then you get somebody else's food, maybe. They wanted to have beets, and you didn't want beets. But then how do you return the beets? You know what I'm, dete- I, I'm detecting here? You went into the more of the Spanish lingo when you started talking fruits and vegetables. Did you went back to the fields? You <laughs> did. Really? You didn't even realize that. No, I'm check- can I get a witness? She she came with the Espanol there, the Spanish. I'm surprised you just didn't start breaking it down in Spanish. Should I go? Did I say platanos or did I say bananas? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Hey, here you go. Or I, got, I, I got something neither one of you guys know. All right. I've got Instacart history on my side. You do. Uh, during you the do. pandemic. Now, I wasn't an official Instacarter, but when uh, my daughter, you know, she was doing Instacart during the time and she would say, hey, dad, you want to come Instacarting with me? I'm going, okay. And I went on a few runs and it's exactly what you said. But I took my Instacarting pretty serious, Heidi. You know, I made sure that those <laughs> those those bananas look good and everything, and uh, made sure that I delivered, you know, to the old ladies that were so afraid to go out during COVID. You know that uh, I even, you know, offered to go in their house, and they go, no, 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 it's coming in my house. Oh, just drop it, drop it here at 110 degrees. Okay, fine. Yeah, I got Instacart experience. I was a damn good Instacart. Let me tell you. Oh, man. I'm more of a scavenger type. I like to go out myself and scavenge the universe. So I figured out, like, if I'm ever, you know, in a zombie apocalypse, I mean, because we got close, right? I'm definitely going to be a scavenger for my group. I'm definitely the one going out. (laughs) I got a little machete. You know, take care of the zombies. And I'll be out there in the stores finding all the disinfectant wipes because I was really good at that in the pandemic. I wasn't the hoarder. But I found what I needed. Did she just go uh, a little machete on us? Did you? Did, did you just? <laughs> did you go Danny Trejo? Did you go Danny Trejo on us? Machete, machete, machete. Yeah. <laughs> I love Danny Trejo. Roaming the Texas streets as a vigilante and sometime day laborer hired to perform a cover hit. He is double crossed and forced to go on the run. He is machete. How about that? I could do movies. Machete. My grandpa with the machete. Like the one that was in the. I think I told you about that. Yeah. I think we had the. Yeah. I remember that. So, like, I think it would be only tradition <laughs> to carry it. Okay, this is too good. I know you're ignoring. Not me, as no chat. I know hey, you're not. Listen, this is this is too. That was just that wasn't nice. Do you realize <laughs> that we have never done a interview in studio or on location? It's always in the phone. We're overdue. We we you need to get into the into the studio or come down to one of my locations. Can we handle that here, though? It, it would be hilarious. I might have to make her a co-host. What do you think? You know, Nubchuck think thinks I need to make you a co-host. He's been saying that for she like would a year. Need more, she would need more than 30 minutes. Yeah. I can guarantee you that. The first 30 <laughs> would just be us all cracking up. Uh, yeah, this is good. Phone does you not do justice. a little fun in life. That's what it's all about. I mean, you got to admit, Heidi, I mean, this, yeah. you know, you do a lot of interviews. It's nothing like this. Come on. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Hey, uh, let, me, let me get some terrible Tuesday takes from you. 
So what do you think about the uh, the blindside controversy? Do you hear about that? Yes. What do you think? What do you think? Miss Leon Tui signed my special yeah. look. Yeah. I know all about it. Yeah. Yeah. I heard. I heard. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's, I don't, you know, there's always three sides. They say a story, right? Their yep. side, your side, truth in the middle. I'm waiting to see more of the actual details. I find it interesting. Um, but the conservatorship versus the uh, adoption. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And obviously, this paperwork to support that. Right. So I don't know how it goes from one to the other without your knowledge. Maybe you had, you know, like I think they said that the agent that Orr had at the time was part of the Tui family. So I don't know if like it was something that was signed that you just trusted in an agent. You know, I don't know how that all worked with the paperwork. How it came from one stage to the next, right? And I'm not trying to defend either side right now until there's more of the details, because I feel like in a situation like this, we know that Orr has been unhappy for a while about the way he was depicted in the yep. show, some of the inaccuracies. And at first you always go to the, well, you know, that Hollywood is going to make a story a little more Hollywood, right? Not completely embellishing, but enhancing the truth to make it look more entertaining, Right. Um, the whole thing about him being protective over the little boy and that made him a great offensive lineman, protect the quarterback, like you protect the son, right? And everyone's like, oh, my heart, I can't take it. <laughs> but then you get into the actual fact of the matter. He was already an athlete. You know, he was playing a good game already. He exactly. already knew when he right. was going in. Right. So it's like, but how do you make the story compelling? Now, what we've seen, it's hard when you start embracing what you've seen when you're a coach and you take that, what, uh, your knowledge from the movie and turn it into fact, like Orr was saying, where the coaches that he would, you know, think about, oh, maybe I could play there, maybe I could play here, thought that he was slow, like the movie depicted him to be. Hmm. Now, that to me is kind of difficult for Orr to have that perception of him out there. And he's this completely different person who's well capable of handling things on his own and obviously has the right mindset and intellect to go out and finish his, you know, what he started to get his books done and all of these things. So it's just, you know, when you have Hollywood that's already laid this image of you, how do you combat that as a person? That's one. And then two, you know, which side really did, have the story one way. I mean, uh, what I read from ESPN, it seems like the Tui family totally blindsided him. Whereas, you know, with Orr's story and the paperwork and all with the conservatorship, the only thing I know about the word conservatorship had to do with Britney Spears, and that wasn't good. So, you know, I just um, think and hope that, you know, at least with the royalties, things like that from the movie, I heard he didn't get anything from it that the Tui family did and all the siblings and the kids. I, I hope that works out for him because he does deserve to have something represented from himself from that. Maybe he can make his own life story the the right way. I don't know how to put it all out there. I know he's done a couple books, but it's like, I, I guess as this unveils, it's going to really tell us the truth in what all happened with the paperwork itself. That's going to be enough to lay it out. But yeah, it's definitely, um, it's something that kind of took me by surprise yesterday when I was reading it. Cause like I said, you watch a movie like that, you start thinking, Oh, well, this is so great. This family did so well for him and did all these great things. And then 
you hear that that's not the actual way it went down. And and from Moore's side, obviously, it looks like they took advantage of him. So I hope that's not the case. But it, you know, stranger things that happen. How many times do you see the movie? Uh, probably twice. That's it? I okay. Was, I mean, the way you ran that thing yeah. down, it's like you've seen it, you know, uh, 17 times. That was good. I got one of those memories that remembers things. There, yeah, that's true. That's true. I feel... You, you said a member of the family, you know, was, was involved. Are you calling out Kathy Bates? Was, Kathy Bates did it? No. Uh, Kathy Bates was like the tutor, right? Right. So, I mean... But they called her like she was, she was one of the family, you know? Yeah, so I mean that's the case probably with the agent, you know. There you go. Kathy Bates' sister, and it's like, well, they all knew each other. Maybe they're in the same sorority. I don't know. Maybe they lived together somewhere along the line. I don't know. But you don't know where those relationships stem from, and if those are the people that were helping, or that were all from the Tui family, then that's kind of you know if he it was in fact blindsided by some of the things that got pulled, then that's uh you know. A tough pill to swallow, not just for him. I mean, in his career, how it may have altered the course of his career. Heidi Fang, people a, thinking he wasn't. She's on it. Was. She's on it. And uh, this next story, I'm, I'm sure you're on as well too, because I consider you a Pokemon card expert. Uh, definitely in the family. I, the Blake Martinez story. I mean, you're oh. you're covering Blake Martinez uh, a year yeah. year and a half ago for a hot minute, and, for a hot minute, and <laughs> you know Blake said, "Hey, you know, I'm retired from the NFL. I'm tired of like you know starting over." He made eleven and a half million dollars on the Pokemon cards, and now they're saying, "I ah, scam people." What do you think? There, you know, is this whole thing where you can authenticate something, right? You know that from probably. You know, any gold pawn shop you've been to, you know, you try to go sell a card. You know, here's a fun No, I, I know nothing day, about I that. No. Broke. <laughs> back in the day I was broke, I took some rookie cards and I sold them. I got most for Cal Ripken. I got like a good little low for the Cal Ripken rookie card that I kept and it had a graded, right? I had a nine and a half mint grade on the card. And you go to these places to grade the cards for you, and you keep them all pristine. Don't open the box. You know what I mean? Right, right. And uh, <laughs> you can get it graded. So if these people are just buying them off of eBay, and, you know, you have to really look and make sure there's a certification of these things. I don't know that they do that for Pokemon, but I know that they do it for sports cards. I would think that there has to be some kind of a system in place for anything comic book related, for anything like action figure related that's kept in the boxes, uh, you know, things like that with the numbers where you could say, oh, this is Pokemon card one, two, three, a Pikachu. I don't know what you find. with po- I honestly never played Pokemon. My son just kind of got into it. I got him a shirt, but I don't know how he got into it because I don't have Pokemon stuff. But <laughs> kids, you know, the wildest thing. Anyway, I don't know if there's some sort of system, but I think it's wild that, you know, so many people, if that is in fact true, weren't able to have some sort of system in place to say, you know, how do we rate this? How do we authenticate it before paying that kind of load of money? Because I'm paying, what do you say, $11.5 million? Yeah, he made $11.5 million in one card. year. In one year in his company. I think he sold, yeah. he sold a card for like 500000 Oh, yeah. I mean, you remember hearing ridiculous. That yes. yes. If I'm yeah. spending that much money on a card... A card, a little piece of three, maybe two by four piece of paper. I'm definitely checking authentication before I buy 
a two hundred, five hundred, seven hundred. I'm gonna throw up thousand dollar card. Are are you trying to say that I can't get that much money for those uh, Cal Ripken cards I had in my bicycle spokes? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't get two dollars for that. Dang. Bicycle I know. Yeah. I mean, I would think of the movie The Forty Year Old Virgin with all the stuff that he had and yeah. like the six million dollar man yeah. and how much he sold all that for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got to be pristine. Keep it in the box. Heidi Fang joins us. Okay, uh, Raiders. You went to the Raiders game. Did did you get a did you get a one of those forty nine candy apples in the uh, media press box? <laughs> Heck I was no, think- my teeth are not trying to play with that candy. Apple. I was thinking about you. Yeah. I even took a picture of that thing, and I was thinking, hey, where, "Where's Heidi at? Is she over here in the uh, dessert section?" We must have section? just missed each other. Dang, I was on the field. I was uh, not on the field. I was in J Lot. I was everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> J Lot. That almost sounds like you're in Cell Block. You know, I'm in J Lot. I'm in Cell Block C. Oh, my number was D two seven eight six. All right, so what my was phone you? number code was eleven six eight. Oh, look at you! Never, I stopped. I thought you were going to go seven 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 ninety three eleven. No, it would have been more numbers. It was more numbers, right. but I can't give that out on the right. radio. Um, I'm kidding. <laughs> Lock them. Here they come. Get Fang in there right now. <laughs> I love making jokes. Oh. I was only kidding. Uh, I'm only kidding. What was your biggest takeaway in 30 seconds or left uh, f- from the Raiders game? What was it? Aiden O'Connell, Aiden O'Connell what was looks it? good. It was pretty smooth. I think if you have to go with the fact that Jimmy G at some point is injured, you're going to have a hard decision to make between Hoyer and Aiden O'Connell. Sincere McCormick made a splash for me on one of those. I think it was a nine-yard touchdown that he had. Yeah. I want to see what he does when he is out there against maybe some twos this time. Because, you know, he's probably been some threes <laughs> at the fours. end of the game there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right, right. You know, I'd like to see what he does at the next level, bring him up against some a little bit more competition. He's I got thought the- that was real smooth the way he ran the route. And he's got the best name on the team, too. Right? Sincere. Well, I don't know. There's some good names. Is there? I, mean, names I like Sincere. Yeah. Sincere is a, that's a Sincere McCormick. I might change my name. Sincere <laughs> Martin. Sincere. You know, you know I put the, the little accent thing on the, on the, on the, was it the E, which E, or the R, or the E. Sincere. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, but uh, Aiden O'Connell really impressed me. And I wasn't too sure what they were going to get out of a Purdue guy, you know. Right. Um, competition-wise, how he would step up learning what we know to be a very intricate offense so early. And it seemed almost like a flawless transition for him. So the the brain that he has, the way he processes, it was good to see his footwork. He's real comfortable in and out of the pocket. A little bit of pressure situations. He did the right thing. He didn't try to do too much. And that's all you have to do. is You don't try to do too much when the pressure comes in to make errant throws or make mistakes, throw picks, turn over the football. You know, you want to just, okay, here comes the sack. There I go. You're a rookie. You know, we just got, we just got texts. Uh, we got, we, we got to cut you off because the text came in and says, right. I really appreciate you guys talking more about fruits and vegetables and movies than Raiders. So there it is. That's what our audience wants. What are you going to do? Well, we can talk more Raiders maybe another time. No, people don't want to hear that stuff. I mean, they want they want beats. Like you said, they want beats. They either want beats, as in the beats, or they want the beats. <laughs> <laughs>
I just feel like that's what we do on the TC Martin show. Yeah! Uh-oh. Where's this from? Heidi Fang, do you know where this is from? This is Ave Maria, okay? I feel like I'm in church, but I got a feeling this is not actually from any 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 Catholic church I've been at. I think this is from a movie. You got it, Heidi? I thought it was Shawshank Redemption when he's like, who are those two ladies singing? <laughs> those two ladies singing in the jail yard when he's out there. Most beautiful thing I ever heard. Yes. I mean, this is in a lot of movies. Yeah. This is, I just can't name them this all. Is, I feel like it's in... This is straight from uh, your your movie that we we just we got done quoting earlier. This is Machete. <laughs> machete. Machete. Danny, Danny Trejo singing Ave Maria. <laughs> All right, are you going to L.A.? I am not going to L.A., well, but I will be at every game throughout this season. I will most likely be watching, not most likely, I will be watching the game at home because I need to know what's happening. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, Michelle Rodriguez. Oh, Heidi Fang. There it is. <laughs> Machete. Machete 6, 7. They, we need another machete, don't we? That's that's fantastic. Were you a Grindhouse fan? I love Grindhouse. Was I a house fan? Grindhouse, the movie, you know, Quentin Tarantino, uh, Quentin Tarantino and oh, Danny. Grindhouse. Yeah, in Grindhouse, yeah. yeah. Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, Grindhouse. Yeah. Planet Terror. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. 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 Oh. I remember. Oh, there you go. I yeah. remember now. I go. like Planet Terror with uh, Rose McGowan in it. Uh, the other one that was part of it. Not so much. Oh man! The car. Oh, the car one was and awesome. The, awesome. The car. It freaked me out. I never <laughs> want to see a part hanging out of a window of a car ever again. I know. I feel you. All right, Heidi. Was ultimately creepy. All right, we will continue to talk with you. Continue to uh, follow <laughs> Heidi Fang Twitter. She's fantastic. <laughs> it's who knows? Who knows? I'll talk to you later, girl. The people want. All right, later. That's it. Give the people what they want. That's it. That's what the OJs once said. No, I'm checking, I can't go. Uh, unbelievable. I can't. You know, this makes me think of church. Machete. Ma- not machete. We come back. TJ Reeves will join us. Chuck Esposito. Oh, I don't even know how to go to break with this. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. That's what you want to know? It's the T.C. Martin Show. Yeah, I don't know. I had an idea. Diagnosis. I had an idea. And then, uh, Prognosis. Yeah, I take this serious. Osmosis. Why, it's funny? It wasn't, it wasn't funny. I wasn't laughing about it. Yeah. It's not funny. It's not funny. Nothing's funny. Don't you ever talk about me. Yeah, I don't know. that idea. That's the result you're going to get. It's the Dr. T.C. Martin. Don't go out there and laugh. The doctor is now in. A wild and crazy hour number one can only get more crazier, probably, with our next guest. Chuck Esposito, he's not crazy. He will join us at the bottom of the hour, talking a little uh, wagering of the preseason football. And you will hear from the MVP, the Defensive Player of the Year, and the franchise career leader, well, co-leader, along with Kelsey Plum, Asia Wilson will join us. You hear from her. She gets ready for tonight's huge game, the WNBA Commissioner's Cup Final, worth a half a million dollars. 
Yes, the biggest game of the year, not only the WNBA, but in this city since the Stanley Cup Final, or going back to, from a basketball perspective, games one and two of the WNBA Finals. Because you're playing for money. You're playing for a half a million dollars tonight, each player, 30 grand in their pocket. And of course, you got the top two teams in the league, the New York Liberty and the Las Vegas Aces. You know, I didn't mean that the Liberty were the number one team. We know the number two. All right. Aces, number one, 27 and three. Uh, looking forward to it tonight. And like I said, when can you ever recall ever? In any matchup, game, whatever, you have the number one overall pick in five consecutive years on the floor at the same time. And that's what you got going tonight. Brianna Stewart, the number one overall pick in 2016. Kelsey Plum, the number one overall pick in 2017. Asia Wilson, the number one overall pick in 2018. Jackie Young, the number one overall pick in 2019. Sabrina Nescu, the number one overall pick in 2020. So three for the Aces, two for the Liberty, and look forward to the game tonight. Remember, we tip it off at 6 p.m. tonight. Pre-game show starts at 5.30. All right, let's go to Tampa FLA and visit with my man. The one of the several voices, the sideline voice of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Mr. Tampa Bay, all things Tampa, Florida, TJ Reeves. What's going on, brother? Always good to be with the doctor on a terrible Tuesday, although it's not too terrible to be rocking with those aces right now. Mm. The roll continues. If they get to half mil, does the doctor get a cut? Do you get a sliver? Do you get crumbs? Uh, what's the update on that? Uh, no, the, the doctor gets nothing. This is, this is players, all right, and charity. <laughs> players and charity. Oh, That's okay. where it goes. I guess I all could right. be under the, uh, the category of charity, though. You know? Charitable causes, yes. I've, I've been known to be a charitable cause every now and then myself. Yes, you might want to qualify under that. I agree. Oh, man. <laughs> all right, brother. It's uh, that time of year. I know that you you got one uh, preseason game under your belt with uh, the Buccaneers. We'll get to that. But, of course, we, we've got to talk Tampa Bay Rays here. And uh, specifically, uh, Wander Franco. Uh, that, yes. cr- that crazy story, uh, under investigation, uh, Wander Franco not with the team right now, under investigation in the Dominican Republic for an alleged relationship with a minor, and the race placed Franco on the restricted list on Monday as Major League Baseball continues to investigate this, this matter here. Apparently, uh, what we're hearing, TJ Franco has been texting and exchanging social media posts, uh, with a 14 year old girl. Uh, I'm sure you have more information on this, but uh, we heard a story earlier on today that, you know, this, well, she's not 14 anymore. She's much older now. They knew each other. I have no idea what's going on, but, but tell us, you know, when you heard the story broke, you know, through the Rays camp and through Rays fans, what, what's the story here? It has certainly gotten a ton of attention and rightfully so since Sunday, so during the game Sunday with the Guardians is when a lot of this began to come out. And it was odd and awkward because Franco was in the dugout. And then suddenly, like in the fourth inning, he left the dugout. And then he's on social media refuting some of what's out there. And then eventually Kevin Cash, the manager on Sunday afternoon, had to sit and try to answer questions uh, when he's been managing the game about this whole thing that's unfolded. And so now they have done, Major League Baseball and the Rays have done what they should do, which is put him on an exempted list 
where they're going to investigate. And, and if we know anything about Major League Baseball's investigations, that's not going to be over with tomorrow, Doctor. Right. It's probably going to be a few days, and it might even be a couple of weeks. So the big talk down here is how long is the investigation really going to take to find out how credible is this? Because some of the reporting, and it's difficult, because it's difficult for two or three reasons. Number one, this was in the media in the Dominican Republic back in like late July, like three weeks ago. There was a newspaper writer that wrote about this because the woman and the family of the woman were trying to extort, and that's the right word, Wanda Franco, for $200,000, by the way, wait, there's more, and a brand new 2023 Mercedes, wanted both of those things to not go public. So you have an extortion situation that came to light in the media in the Dominican Republic that didn't really catch on here in the United States and from any Major League Baseball insiders so there's there's debate on two points number one how old is the woman in question because the belief is she may actually be a lot older than 14 or 15 two there's also some belief that there are two different women and there's confusion over is one of them underage are both of them of legal age 18 20 so there is a lot to sort out long story short it will take a little while and i will tell you on the Galactically Famous T.C. Martin Show. He is uh, right now almost an island to himself in the clubhouse anyway. There are problems inside that clubhouse with all the guaranteed money that he got and with him getting along with his teammates, him hustling all the time, not Cadillacing, et cetera. Uh, and so maybe this is addition by subtraction right now, Doctor, and the Rays will play a little better. They came all the way out west to play in Northern California against your Northern California Bay Area San Francisco Giants, and they had a season high like 19 hits <laughs> in the game and scored like eight runs. So maybe this is a little bit of addition by subtraction in the short term where they will relax, get along with each other a little better, and play a little better. We'll see. So, TJ, y you know what Sunday was right there, right? Okay. In the juice box there against the Cleveland Guardians. Right. Do you know, do you know what Sunday was? You guys had a promotion. There. Was, you had a promotion. Sunday was August the 13th, right. which is 813, which is the area code in Hillsborough County, if that's what you're getting at. No, what I'm getting at was Sunday's game was Wander Franco snapback hat day. That's correct. It was. And remember, TJ, what are the rules there for promotions? All fans 14 and under get a free hat. That's correct. Maybe and that's by, why he was by the way, pulled out of the game. By the way, on a terrible Tuesday, you had new sports anchors wearing the hat on the on the oh. news oh. on Saturday. You had media, yes, uh, promoting the hat and the yes. whole bit. So, needless to say, there are there are promotions that that go haywire and go bad. You and I are old enough to remember Disco Demolition Night, where they were blowing up all the, yeah. the records at Comiskey Park and the riot on the field. This wasn't yeah. that bad, yeah. but yes, it. Uh, but here's the, the hat. The hats were given out. It just uh, it kind of rang hollow when all of this began to unravel. Okay, a, so here's the deal. Reason. Okay, so for Kevin Cash to come mm -hmm. out and say that uh, no, this was his off day uh, has nothing to do with anything else. He goes, I'm aware of the speculation. I'm not going to comment on this any further. But he goes, the day off was because it was his off day. We all know, all right, that when you have a promotion, okay. 
You're in the starting lineup. You're there. There are kids. There are fans that are coming to see you. You are the Rays' best player. You're not taking an off day when it is your promotional day. You're out there taking pictures. They are seriously. They are oh, wearing the hat. Sixty-two games in the schedule. That would not be one of your scheduled right. off days. That's what I'm likely, saying. Yes. I mean, he could Monday could be his off day. It could have been the day before. No. You know, and now well, he had won. By the way, he had won the game Friday night in the bottom of the ninth inning with a solo home run, and yes. the place went bonkers. Yes, yes, two nights earlier, a so, day and a half earlier. I, you know, again, so he was, uh, you know, I don't want to say caught, but on, on Instagram, you know, with uh, Jose Siri in the background on uh, Sunday before the game, and he's trying to plead his case. Hey, you know, I'm denying this. This isn't true. And then Siri's in the background in Spanish saying. You know, people after money, and I don't know what that translation is because I don't know what people after money is. Maybe you can help me out, TJ, with your fluent Spanish there. Mucho dinero, mucho dinero, oh, there, money. There, yeah. there, there you go. Um, but anyway, for Kevin Cash to say, no, it's a scheduled off day. No, he got the call from, uh, you know, the, the president, the whoever, you know, saying, hey, you don't have this guy in the lineup today. Uh, because guess what? He's going to get an off day Monday, uh, for the foreseeable future. Right? <laughs> get an off week. Right? I get an off month. At least, exactly. Hey, look, I, I, I know we're kidding around, but if, if they begin to find out that this is true, uh, there, I mean, we know the precedent with other situations like Trevor Bauer and others, and that took a while to legislate, but I don't think it's unfair right now in the speculation to say he may not play for a while and he may not play the rest of the year. Right and and people down here were kind of trying to act like this was going to be handled like the McDonald's drive-through doctor. It ain't going to be handled by tomorrow, right? Or even probably by Friday, while they investigate and figure out what's what. In particular, if they can figure out legitimacy that he was being extorted, that's a much bigger deal. Yeah, where they were they were trying to get two hundred thousand dollars out of him. So. Uh, again, they are, uh, by the way, despite you vilifying them when I was with you at the Westgate back now almost three weeks ago, they're still very much in the race. They're still very much in the playoffs. I don't know how long it's going to hold up. Shane McClanahan, the star pitcher, is back on the injured list and probably won't pitch again the rest of the year because he had elbow problems uh, in his uh, last start about eight days ago, probably shut down. You got Franco now with this controversy not playing. He's, the, he's their best all-around player. But if they continue to scrap and continue to hit, they're going to hang right in the playoff picture. And here's the other question. All right, let's say he gets reinstated in a week or in a couple of weeks, but they've been rolling along without him. Now what do you do? That's a great, it's a great hypothetical. What do you do when there have already been problems with him in that clubhouse earlier in the year? Well, I mean, we'll if he's exonerated, then of course, I mean, this guy just signed a huge contract extension for $182 million. He's batting 281. He's got 17 homers, 58 RBIs. I mean, again, he, he's your, your all star. I mean, he, he's got to be thrust in the lineup. And again, you know, you need him because it doesn't look like they're going to catch the Orioles. I mean, here and back to the Rays. I mean, they're seventy-two and forty-nine. They're in second place. They're two games and, behind Baltimore. Don't act like they're three. Ten back. They're three games. They're three games. Well, they're three games. Yeah. Excuse me. They're three. Yeah. But anyway, they're, but, they're three, but as you yeah, know, last I checked, with forty-five games or so remaining, that's not insurmountable. Yes. Yeah, so, no, it's not. It, it, it. But I mean, Baltimore is not showing any signs of going away here. So here's my question to you. And and again. You know, looking at this very objectively, I mean, 
considering where the Rays were and the slide that they've been on, and then granted now that they're playing a little bit better baseball, but right now, does this feel like it's a team that's 23 games over 500, or does it feel like it's a team that's kind of collapsing? No, they're not collapsing. I mean, again, since you were torching them on your show, they've won like four of the five series, and now they've begun this series with a win. So collapsing is the wrong word. Where's your buzzer, Numchuck? No, 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 okay. But you got to look at it, okay? Do you understand? They are still like a, you know, from a gambling perspective, they are well behind the Orioles, the Astros, and the Rangers as far as on the betting board at like plus 650. You you understand while you keep saying collapsing, they won four of the last five series. So the only one they didn't win was the Cardinals against the bad Cardinals who got two of the games with them. They won two of the three with the Guardians. They won two of the three with someone's Astros. Fair. While I was out in Vegas, they won two or yeah. three in New York. So they have, if they continue to win at about a 60% clip, they're going to end up winning like 94 games, 93, 94 games and be right in the, but it might right not be, I know, but it might not be enough to win the division and they'd be relegated maybe, maybe to a wild not. card. We'll, right? we'll yeah. see, but they are, they are right there at the moment. And, uh, and we'll find out if it, uh, if it can continue. That's why banking all of those wins earlier in the year, which was my point to you that day at the Westgate, they don't take those away. Those all count at the end of the season. And Baltimore may go through a swoon coming up here too. Uh, by the way, there are three teams right now in Major League Baseball that have won at least 71 games. The Los Angeles Dodgers, the Baltimore Orioles, and the Tampa Bay Rays. So they're still in pretty good shape. We'll yeah, see. yeah, we'll see how yeah, long it holds. yeah, yeah. It just doesn't look like uh, Baltimore is going to slow down anytime soon because I think we all agree they've been the most consistent team of anybody uh, this year. And uh, I'm a little surprised, but this team is playing some uh, fantastic baseball. And as we know, they it's are gonna- young. They got a bunch of guys on prove it contracts. They have the second lowest payroll in Major League Baseball. The Raves have the third lowest, and they have finally, after two or three years of rebuilding, retooling, and getting young, put together a lineup and a formula that is there. Now, will it hold up? Now, we will find out if it will hold up. It will be interesting the last six weeks. And like you mentioned, uh, Shane McClanahan, that's a blow. Tyler Glass now, uh, you know, missing a start as well, too. Night. Yeah, so that's, uh, you know, we'll see how this all plays out. Glass now threw six strong last night, and uh, again, uh, they have been decimated by injuries to their bullpen as well, so I don't know, but that was a good sign last evening because they came out to San Francisco and hit the ball. So let's see if it continues there, and then they'll play the L.A. Angels on the weekend out in your part of the world, just uh, to the west of you. And uh, and we'll see how they do on this six-game quick uh, West Coast road trip before they come back home. And then a lot of the stretch run is obviously against teams in the east. Uh, for the division. There you go. And yeah, Glass now, a uh, good performance last night as he went six innings. And again, you know, after, you know, missing a start before that. So that's, that's good, especially, you know, getting the news that your Ace McClanahan, uh, probably shelved for the rest of the season. Let's talk a little football here. The Buccaneers, uh, going up to play the Jets this week. So TJ, yes. here is my question for you, my friend. Will there be a hard knocks appearance for YOU? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Well, they are having a joint practice oh, on yeah? Wednesday, but I am not there for the practice tomorrow, for Wednesday. Uh, I will, yes, thank you, Chuck. I will, however, make my way to the Big Apple. Now, the thing is, the doctor, 
I, I felt like I was on vacay with you when you were doing the Aces Liberty game, this second go around, because I saw the food picks. I saw the Yankee Stadium appearance. I didn't see a picture from up on top of, of like Statue of Liberty or anything like that, but I, I felt like I already took a little trip to New York with you on social media. So now I will head there Friday and we'll have uh, the game on Saturday night where Aaron Rodgers is not expected to play in the game. And the, and the big debate down here is – is Baker Mayfield, has he already locked up the starting job? They've said, they've maintained it's a competition, and that Kyle Trask, the third-year player from Florida, will get the start. How does he look in this game on Saturday? Short of him being brilliant in the practice Wednesday with the Jets and him again being brilliant Saturday, more than likely it makes the decision fairly easy to go with the proven guy to start the year in Baker Mayfield, especially as a couple of people have been pointing out when the first game of the year is at Minnesota in the loud U.S. Bank Stadium and the third game of the year is Monday Night Football with the Eagles, that you want the proven guy to be playing those first three games and see how it goes and see how it looks. Because if he's not very good, then nobody's going to question that you go ahead and try Kyle Trask at that point. You follow me, doctor? Uh, if you throw Trask out there and he's bad, then everybody's going to be going, I told you so. You should have been playing Baker Mayfield at the beginning of the season. Uh, so, here's the thing, the TJ. It, there's, there should be no question. I mean, you see the Colts jump out you know, way too early and say, Anthony Richardson's our guy because he got all excited for you know what he did in one preseason game. No, Baker Mayfield is the guy. He's the veteran. Kyle Trask is, is nowhere near Baker Mayfield, and Mayfield is the guy Mayfield has had some horrendous situations okay and I, I'm not going to come to the it's going to sound like I'm coming to the guy's defense but I mean Cleveland he had a mess of an offensive line didn't have a whole bunch around him and then he goes to the Rams and in that rebuild you know crazy situation with all their injuries and the nightmare that they had going on and he played pretty darn well he did now you give him a full training camp you come with the Bucks. he's got to be the guy and I would have no problem signing off on Baker Mayfield as my quarterback for the Bucks for the entire season. And I think he'll do pretty darn good. But you also have to look at he's been injured. He got hurt last year in Carolina at the beginning of the year with a high ankle. Yeah, there's another thing. Out. Yeah, Carolina. He Jeez. was hurt yeah. in Cleveland at the end of his career with shoulder problems. So you have to have Kyle Trask ready, and that's why Saturday will be very interesting. And my understanding is I think the NFL Network is showing this game live all over the place. Saturday night, 7 Eastern, 4, 4 p.m. Dr. Time in the Desert. Uh, I believe they are showing this Saturday. So, And they'll certainly have it as a national replay at some point Saturday night or Sunday anyway. But let's see, let's see how it looks. Um, again, there are question marks uh, for both of these guys. And it's really the first time in about nine years that we've had a quarterback competition uh, down here in Tampa Bay. I've always said this for 35-plus years Actually, 40 years of living here, 30 years of being in the media. The Buccaneer fans' favorite quarterback has always been, Doctor, the guy not playing. Whoever's <laughs> not playing is the solution and is, is the savior and is the guy until that guy comes in and he's not the guy, and then we're on to the next guy not playing, the, the, the fan favorite. Oh, too funny, too funny. All right, so do you get a chance to see uh, episode one of Hard Knocks uh, last week? I only saw a part of it where they were practicing there with the Panthers. I did not get to see the whole thing. And remember, they debut another one. And, and by the way, on a terrible Tuesday, can I just weigh in? Why did they have to get rid of the 45-year, uh, credible main HBO home box office and just call this thing Max now? That's what it's called. Uh, so Max shows hard knocks. 
next, I believe, on Tuesday. So this will be the newest episode tonight that will kind of recap uh, playing against the Carolina Panthers. And, and then we will be on the episode practicing the Buccaneers against them and playing against them on the episode for next week. So, no, I only saw part, like a, a few minutes of the first one. And uh, uh, it, it will be interesting to, to watch all of that uh, unfold here over the next two or three weeks with the Jets. And, of course, they signed Dalvin Cook as well. Right. Although, from my understanding, he's not even, he's not even going to be there this week, his his wife, I believe it is, is giving birth. Wife or significant other, I don't know if it's wife, girlfriend, whatever, is giving birth. He's also been rehabbing a shoulder injury. So the more you look into this, is this guy going to play at all in the preseason, or is the first time that he's going to try to play is the Monday night game with the Buffalo Bills, yes. where Dalvin Cook won't even be out there till week one? Yeah, probably. So that's kind of interesting. Probably. And again, you know that we've seen that with that's going to be the case with just about you know all of your major quarterbacks and your star running backs. They're not going to get out there. It seems a little strange because, again, you know, Dalvin Cook joining, you know, camp, uh, you know, midway through, uh, not going to get any real, real reps. But yeah, they probably are not going to risk, you know, putting him out there in, you know, game number three of the preseason. So it'll be interesting to see. Well, it will. So, all right, my friend, we'll enjoy, uh, your trip to, uh, to New York. You'll have some good weather. And, um, I'm, I'm curious, but yes, uh, answer your question. No. See, I've done the Statue of Liberty. I've done the Ellis Island. I've done all those things in the past. And I'm not like a repeat it type of guy, you know, unless it is sports related. So, yes. Uh, but, uh, it's just like, you, you know, know I didn't ask you. You've now been to Dallas twice. Yes. And I know. Are, where, where are the wings playing the games in the WNBA? Refresh me. Are they playing them at Arlington? Arlington, University of Texas okay. at Arlington. Yeah. And not have far from Jerry's gone, World. Ha- have you ever done Dealey Plaza for the Kennedy assassination with the tours of the Texas School Book Depository in Dallas, the times that you've now been there? I, I have not. I have not. Okay. Yeah. So that is, we are about to have the 60th anniversary this November of the Kennedy assassination. So the next time you're in Dallas, you got to go hit that uh, because it, it it's eerie, it's amazing, and it's amazing that that was 60 years ago. I know a little before our time, but... Um, wow. it's all right there because that's the way you come out of downtown Dallas to go get on the interstate and, and go to the other parts of, of the DFW area mm-hmm. is right through there. Um, and in fact, when we were there most recently uh, playing the Cowboys, we stayed in a hotel right by Parkland hospital where they took president Kennedy 60 years ago. So there's just one for the future. If you're playing the wings in a playoff series or something like that, mm-hmm. There's another recommend for the doctor what? on all of your travails, the North American tour. Let me see. What? Steakhouse, famous barbecue, yeah. Yeah. library, Kennedy Assassin. Yeah, I, I'm not sure it's going to make it, TJ. Honestly. Oh, bro, I'm low-key. Part of, it's part of the history and the fabric of America. What what really happened that day? There are, there are still millions of kooks who 60 years later believe there's going to be some new revelation oh, in the 2010s, the 2020s, or the 2030s that somebody besides Lee Harvey Oswald did this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oliver Stone made a whole movie about it I... and made millions on the kook conspiracy theories that still haven't come through. I'm just digressing on the T.C. Martin Show. Would you like me to show myself out now? Uh, show yourself out the door. Thank you very much, my friend. Great stuff. Enjoy the apple. See if you can, uh, you know, give me some good food pictures and, 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 and match or whatever I gave to you last week. Okay, I'm looking forward Beautiful. to it. Beautiful, and they updated the Reeves household. I just made the homemade meatloaf and put it in the oven before the show, and I'm told, meatloaf. Ring the bell. Ah, the meatloaf. Come and get it's it. The Ring the bell. Shipping. The dinner bell is ringing for T. All right, brother. Appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon.
Always good to be with you. Thank you, man. There he is, TJ Reeves. Hopefully we can get TJ to fill in uh, one day next week while I'm on the East Coast. Do we want to hear what it sounds like? That Jose Siri? That translation? Siri, what do you got to say? La gente está tras el dinero. That's what he said. La gente está tras el dinero. Yeah, that voice is a little bit, a little higher pitch than Jose Siri's. Well, yeah. Going after the money, huh? All right. Chuck Esposito will join us. All right. We will talk to him and you'll hear from the MVP, Asia Wilson. Get ready for tonight's half million dollar Commissioner's Cup Championship. Hey, this is Robert De Niro and you're listening to the TC Martin Show. It's good. All right. It is a Tuesday. Get ready for the Commissioner's Cup final tonight. Half a million dollars at stake. $30,000 for each player. Looking forward to that. And we're going to talk to our good friend Chuck Esposito over at Red Rock. What is going on, my man? All good, T. It's always a fun time of year when there's football in the air. Football is in the air, Chuck. No question about it. And let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, what we saw. Week number one of the preseason. Now, granted, we had the Hall of Fame game going back even you know the week prior to that. But last weekend, really the first full week of the preseason – uh, how are the results uh, for you in the, in the overall handle? The handle was tremendous, T. I think it just goes to show you how, how strong football is. In many cases, you know, you're, you're not really sure how much time key players will play, yet you saw the handle uh, be greater than it was on some baseball games. Um, some of the games, you know, were on uh, the bigger screens with audio. Um, I think, again, it just kind of screams that football's here, the power of football, and guests are engaged. Uh, uh, I think, you know, you, we're in information era. Really need to look at kind of quarterback rotations, uh, coaches like John Harbaugh, who they're able to win their 24th state straight preseason game, um, that play for a little bit more than maybe some of the other coaches. But overall, glad football's here. Yeah, you mentioned Harbaugh and the Ravens. They got the victory, but they did not get the cover. And we understand that those lines with the Ravens games are a little inflated. We saw, I, I believe that thing opened four, went to six, but then there was Philadelphia money that came in and that actually got the money and uh, you know, made a little bit of sense there. Yeah, it, it, to be for us, it was not best case because you're absolutely right. The number was a little bit inflated. There was some early action on it. Um, we, we needed actually Baltimore to lose outright because of that win streak. You're right. There's no guarantee that they cover the spread in all their games. It was simply a win streak. So um, actually, you had a lot of money on the Ravens to win by money line and then the Eagles on the point spread. So uh, the way it fell was a perfect scenario for the other side of the counter in this particular case. Chuck, can you really get hurt, though? I mean, the preseason, I know limits are, are lower. And, uh, again, just it's – I know a lot of cappers will say, oh, preseason is the easiest thing to, to make money on. And I, I really debate that because, yeah, there's information out there and everything. But still, I mean, everybody and their mother was on uh, the Jets in that uh, Hall of Fame game. And, you know, they, they look great for a half. They're ahead 16 to seven. Then here, here you go. You got the mistakes. You got the, the backups playing the backups or the backup, backup, backups playing the backup, backup, backups. So to me, it's, it really does kind of seem like an inexact science. It is, T. I think that, again, we're in such an information era, and we're not the only ones that are looking at kind of quarterback rotations and how much time certain players are going to play. You know, we've already heard that, you know, local product, um, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson is going to start and play for the Browns in their game. So you see a lot of information out there. 
Um, and there's no foolproof that, you know, something goofy couldn't happen later in the game or when there's third and fourth string guys battling for positions. Um, but you do see a big push, um, you know, in favor of the information that's out there, the quarterback rotations, how long guys are going to be in for. Um, so, and we're moving games a lot quicker in the preseason than we normally would during the regular season. So a three in the preseason doesn't mean nearly what a three during the regular season means. But still, if you were to lose, you know, the the vast majority of the games, um, it's still not advantageous for our side of the counter. You want to at least be able to chop them up somewhat. But I can tell you again that handle was phenomenal. I think it grows every year with so many of the preseason games on TV. Um, It really, again, just screams how popular football season is. How tough is setting these preseason lines it, it, it is but I guess the the easier part is that um, we are going to move them so much quicker so I mean if, if you if the if the guests are telling us that a number is too high or too low um, the adjustment from from our side of the counter is much quicker than it would normally be during the regular season so um, again we know there's information out there it's coming out all the time. Um, but it, there definitely is some, some volatility and some uncertainty when we post these preseason lines. But uh, guests will let us know really quickly if they're too high or too low. How about the Raiders? Uh, obviously, they were getting you know four points. They win the game outright against uh, the Niners. Did you see like one-sided action in that game, or was there good two-sided action? We, you know, we were still you know rooting um, for San Francisco in that game. Um, I, I know that uh, Allegiant was a sea of red yep. that day. Um, so we still have our, our guests. You know, I think it's very similar to what you and I have talked about. If it's Aces, if it's Knights, if it's Raiders, um, that we're going to see a bias towards that side. And uh, this particular game was no different. Also, I believe it's our only preseason home game. So it made sense that the Raiders would want to kind of win that game, uh, get their fan base and, and, and everybody kind of engaged with some of the changes they've made, um, to get regular, ready for the regular season. But, uh, um, you know, good showing for the Raiders, but, Again, just just one preseason game, and I think you'll see a lot more of a kind of a dress rehearsal week two with only a three-week preseason that a lot of teams will be playing some starters a little bit more in week two. Yeah, speaking of uh, home games at Allegiant Stadium, Chuck, a very unusual kind of quirky schedule for the Raiders. Like you said, they had their, their lone home game for the preseason Last Sunday, now they go on the road and they'll, you know, uh, face uh, the Rams. Then they face the Cowboys, and then you get into the regular season. The Raiders had the first two games on the road. You've got at Denver and then at Buffalo, and then you come home in week number three. I think they're only uh, one of what three teams that are going to be on the road for their first two regular season games. But when you look at it, the fans and the Raiders are not going to be in Allegiant Stadium for about a month. When you think about that, yeah. it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I know. I saw that. There, there definitely is. I mean, when you when you look at the schedule overall, T, um, there's definitely some quirks in the schedule that are head scratchers for different teams, and that just happens to be one for the Raiders. So I think it's you know important that they can get off to a good start. Would be great with the games being on the road, at least split those somehow. Um, but that happens from time to time, and just stuff that we look at um, based on based on travel and and how long a team might be on an extended road or home trip. How about the the futures market for the Raiders? Obviously, there are going to be some fans that'll get all excited because they beat the Niners thirty four to seven, and Aiden O'Connell looked good. Uh, and you know, maybe they're they're drinking the juice. I don't know. 
But uh, I noticed, and I think you and I talked about this before, where it looked like the season win total went down uh, going back about a month or so ago, a few weeks ago. Uh, has anything adjusted within the last week or so regarding season win total with the Raiders or just the future odds for Super Bowl? Uh, they, that has not, T. And uh, you're right. I mean, they did look good in that preseason game, but I, but I don't think you're going to have too many people outside of just like a you know the the diehard fan base really get overly excited at this point. Um, sharp money has clearly been on the under uh, for the Raiders regular season wins at this point, and I think that you know you you look at the Raiders right now and they're the fourth team um, projected basically for win totals and, and and future book odds in the AFC West. If they weren't out here. I think you'd see a, a much greater uh, future book odd, odds on them. It's just kind of the local bias a little bit. And, again, uh, you know, as we continue to discuss every week, it's that bias of what you saw with, with the Knights and the Aces and both winning their uh, their respective championships uh, that you see still a, an engaged betting fan base on the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Chuck Esposito joins us over at Red Rock and of course all the great station casinos properties uh, great contests uh, going on last man standing and everything else they got going on there Chuck and I know that uh, this is a very very busy time for you guys uh, you got to be excited and I know the people are just piling in sign up for the contest they are T I mean we're guaranteeing 150000 in the pro contest again 100000 in the college contest same format, uh, for $100, you get four entries and a bonus, fifth entry free. Realize there's some much bigger paydays out there for some of the contests, but uh, for the small entry fee to get in this one, you really have a chance to uh, you know, have a really good payday um, based on these two contests. So uh, very similar to kind of like the way the college basketball tournament uh, is situated, that if you win, you move on, you lose, and you go home. Um, plenty of time still to sign up for these two. You pick a game, one game each week for every sign-up against the uh, Station Casinos or STN Sports uh, contest line. So really fun contests and uh, been received really well by our guests and uh, a lot of early sign-ups so far. Chuck, what has been that team that uh, that people maybe have come into the window to bet, whether it's uh, week one of the games or maybe the opening week of the uh, NFL regular season or futures or to win a division? you got a team or two that uh, are kind of a, a public choice or maybe even a sharp choice right now? Yeah, I mean, there's no question, T, that the, the public has really backed the Jets, that um, they're a really popular team, I think, in the um, – uh, in the NFC, the Lions a little bit have become that team. It's hard for me to actually say it, the Lions and right, Jets, right. Um, because that hasn't been the case for a long time uh, for both those two teams. Um, you think about the Jets, and with the Sacramento Kings making the playoffs in the NBA, uh, of the four major sports, the, the Jets have the longest drought of any team not making the postseason. With that said, I think that this is the year that they make it. Um, they went out and got Delvin Cook yesterday. You have a very talented defense. Uh, you've got Aaron Rodgers with some really good young skill position players. Um, but they've kind of been that Vogue team. And I think when you look at the, the Lions in the NFC, the departure of Aaron Rodgers to the Jets, um, kind of the uncertain cap situation um, that the Vikings are in, letting Cook go, um, not knowing what the future really holds for Kirk Cousins at this point, that that whole division could be flip-flopped a little bit where Bears and Lions are getting a lot more love than Vikings and Packers right now. But I would say those are the two teams are kind of maybe throw in a third team there, Chicago, uh, that is getting a little bit of love from the betters just based on where they've been and what their odds are now. 
See, I was waiting for the Chicago Bears to come into play there. I was wondering we were going to get that from you there, Chuck. There you go. Come on. You know, I'm not 100% sold. I think they're still maybe a year or two away. But I I just think when you look at that division and and the way the the two teams that have kind of dominated of late are going or trending, that you can see some value, I think, based more on the price. Not that you love the Bears. Um, it's, it's more based on the price. But the Lions are the team um, that I think a lot of people are expecting uh, can win the NFC North. Now, you know, they start the season. and Again, it's hard to say. The Lions, the Lions are featured in the Thursday night game against the defending Super Bowl champs, Kansas City Chiefs. And the only thing I can say is that it's kind of a quasi-bye week, coming off a of bye week, I should say, for Andy Reid and Kansas City. Yeah. It's their first game. They yeah. can prepare for one team for two weeks. That team happens to be the Lions. The game is outdoors, where their offense isn't nearly as good as it is indoors. Weather's not a factor. I just mean on the carpet and just the way the game is played. But uh, we shall see, T. That's why they, uh, you know, they, they tee the games up, I should say. Yeah. But early action has been on the Lions. We've seen that number uh, drop uh, since the time that we put it up. So it's below that that key touchdown number right now. For the first time in a long time, I think that the NFC North is going to be wide open, and you can make a case uh, for all four teams here. Uh, you know, we'll we'll see how. how <laughs> I thought you were going to say for the Bears. I almost thought you drank the Kool Aid too. Yeah, no, <laughs> you know the Bears might not be as bad. You know, again, you know, I, I bad. I, they're bad. You know, I think they're. You know, this could be like you know we always talk about the NFC least in the East. I that could be it. Yeah. You know, where the where the winner comes out of this thing, like ten and seven or something like that. You know, who knows? You could be right. I know. All right, Chuck. uh, Commissioner's Cup tonight. Huge game. Uh, two. Not only the two best teams in the WNBA, but it's the Aces. It's it's the Liberty. Uh, half a million dollars on the line. The players are you know are playing for money. It's just it's very rare. Home court advantage for the Aces. Revenge situation. What kind of action are you seeing on this game? Yeah, it's been fairly one sided in in in, uh, in favor of the Aces. Have to remember these two teams played not that long ago. Uh, with the Liberty really giving uh, the Aces a very bad yep. uh, one-sided loss. I think in, in both teams' victories this year, they almost both hit the century mark. Uh, they play this this game for the pre- for the Commissioner's Cup, and they have one more game that they play uh, in Vegas against the Liberty. But these two teams could be meeting again uh, when championship time rolls around. Yep, uh, that is the, the conventional wisdom. It uh, will be fantastic tonight. That line pretty much staying where it was, Chuck, like minus seven in the Aces. It looks like you got a little bit yeah, of uh, money from uh, the Liberty, because I know it opened seven and yeah, a half. It's sitting there right now, T. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me by the time they tip. Still don't tip till uh, 6 o'clock our time um, that you see this number maybe get pushed up a little bit. You got it. All right, Chuck Esposito joins us. Chuck, appreciate it. As always, my friend, get signed up to any of the station casino properties uh, and go see Chuck and the great uh, crew over there at Red Rock, my friend. Great place to watch games and uh, wager as well, too. My man, we will talk to you next week. All right, T. Always great joining you. Thanks for all the support and look forward to it. You got it. There he is. Chuck Esposito uh, does a fantastic job. One of the best as we know. All right. I want to thank TJ Rees uh, for joining us today. Heidi Fang talking a little Raiders and a little other nonsense. Uh, of course, always, uh, but a great show on tap today. We're going to close it with Asia Wilson as uh, we get ready for the Commissioner's Cup final tonight at 
Michelob Ultra Arena. I'm on my way to the arena, getting ready for the call tonight. It's a big one. It's the Aces. It's the Liberty. It's a big deal. It's the biggest game of the year, not only the WNBA, but anywhere, because it's very unique. It's one game for a championship, a trophy, and $500,000. $30,000 per player to the winning team. Uh, it is going to be fantastic tonight. Uh, here she is, the MVP, the Defensive Player of the Year, Asia Wilson, as we get ready for the Commissioner's Cup Final tonight. T.C. Martin's going to sign off from uh, the Michelob Ultra Arena here, and we will be right back at it tomorrow at 2. Getting ready for the Commissioner's Cup Final, and joining me now... The MVP, the Defensive Player of the Year, the franchise-leading scorer. That all sounds pretty good. Asia Wilson, what's happening? What's up, TC? How you doing? I'm good. Good. Let's talk about what's been happening lately. Two more wins over the weekend, two big performances from you. How confident and good are you feeling right now about you and your team? Uh, I mean, I feel great. Um, I felt great throughout this whole season. Um, very confident in what we have and who we are. And uh, we're just having, we're having fun. We're having fun, obviously. Winning is fun, but no, we're having fun overall. And I'm very confident in who we are and the team that we're becoming. You know, every season, you keep getting better. The team gets better. You have record-breaking number of wins. Personal accolades come with that, of course. And you continue to be that same fun, humble person, yet yeah. professional. Yeah. How do you keep all that in check? Um, you know, the people around me. It takes a village to be for me to be able to be who I am, and that's what it, what who I lean on the most. And my parents are my backbone in that. Um, I pray a lot, and I just continue to be me. I never switch up. I don't ever want to switch up. There's a lot of people that could be saying a lot of crazy things about me, but I don't really listen to that because at the end of the day, I am who I am, and I'm going to always be that for my teammates. So I just keep it up by just being me. It's instilled in me. I've heard people say to me they go you know she is so focused when she gets on the floor <laughs> she can be so funny and so goofy but when it comes time to game time yeah. you could be the most focused person yeah. ever yeah I, I lock in this is my job uh, 94 feet uh, that I go out there and I give it my all so I never I make sure that I'm always there and I'm always present these are yeah. moments that I will never get back uh, so I just have fun when I go out there 40 points last Friday ties the franchise mark actually you held it before <laughs> and then KP passed you and now you go ahead and tie her there's a little uh, a little friendliness there what's going on of course anytime that we can go back and forth with who scores 40 i think we're in good shape <laughs> little bragging rights yeah of course <laughs> okay three thousand four hundred and seventy five points yeah. and counting yeah second all time on the franchise list yeah. and you pass your coach yeah. becky hammond <laughs> when you hear that what does that mean to you it's a blessing. It really is. Uh, just to know that this franchise took a chance on me, uh, drafting me and making sure that they could put me uh, in front of this franchise and for me to continue to carry on the way that I am and, and having fun in what I'm doing and surrounding me with wonderful women in the locker room. Uh, it's, it's definitely a joy. Uh, the numbers, obviously, they're just numbers to me, but uh, it's a lot of like great times and buckets that lead yeah. to that. So uh, it's been a lot of fun. Speaking of Becky, she goes into the Hall of Fame last weekend. Yep. What were your thoughts while you were watching her be inducted and then hearing the speech. Man, I was crying my eyes out because it's truly special. I had an opportunity. I mean, Coach Daly, I was still in high school when she did it, but just to see a coach like that and a person like that, Becky, just get the recognition that she deserves and that she needs, uh, it was a lot of fun. And my best part was definitely her interaction with Pop. Uh, that was just a joy to see. So it was uh, congratulations to Beck always. And, of course, a shout-out to the ladies on this team. <laughs> of course, yeah. She's telling us to go to bed at 7.30 <laughs> at, uh, in the evening. But, hey, we, we did the job, so that's, that's all that matters. Did you guys watch it? To, together or you guys watching individually or what? we watched it individually yeah i was i was home chilling <laughs> yeah 
Asia Wilson joins us, getting ready for the Commissioner's Cup final. You've been in this league now a long time. You were here before this Commissioner's Cup final was around, and now that you partook in this game last year and you get ready for this, how do you feel about this, where it is in the season, and how has it impacted you? Um, it's kind of tough because it kind of takes away an off day that we could have, but uh, <laughs> I always want to get my off days in. But no, um, this is just another game. I look at it as another game. Uh, even the cup games throughout the season, I'm like, okay, these are just no- normal games. But obviously, it's great to have our fans here. Uh, we had to go to Chicago, so it's pretty cool to have it here in the house. But uh, we're going to go out there and approach it like another game like we always do, and then we're just going to have fun. You do realize you're playing for some money here. Yeah, we are. <laughs> but I feel like I'm playing for money every game. <laughs> playing for my paycheck. <laughs> in, in a lot of it, we should say as well too do you feel a sense of added pressure Nah, i don't feel a sense of added pressure um it's really just who we are i know what we have in our locker room i know what we bring every single night so i don't really pay attention to the pressure the outside noise i don't really give in to that all right let's talk a little bit about new york played them twice yeah two totally different games yeah. you got them here going back about four or five weeks ago and then of course last sunday it wasn't so good talk a little bit about playing them <laughs> I mean, they're a good team. They're a good team. Their roster speaks for itself. Same for us. Um, but it's always a great matchup when we are going against them. It's a lot of great basketball, elite basketball, uh, IQ that's very, very high on that court. And I love those type of games. I love those bright, shining light games because uh, that's when you shine the brightest. And uh, we're just going to have fun. Every, every single possession, we know that we can't take it off. Uh, but, yeah, we're definitely just going to approach it just the same way we've been doing throughout the season. I know it was a hard loss, you know, going back to last Sunday. Yeah. What did you guys learn from that? Some things you wish that you could change and you have no control over, but you just push through and you find your you find your happy medium in that. And I think obviously that loss was something good for us because we found who we are and where we don't want to go again. And so it's a measuring stick. So uh, we just kind of take it where we can, bite the bullet, and just move on to the next one. You guys have been fantastic in revenge games, co- coming off losses. And we know that Becky doesn't like to lose. Right. You don't like to lose. Right. No one does. So as you get ready for this game, and of course, being the Commissioner's Cup final and playing for a half a million dollars as well, too and knowing that this game is on your home floor. Yeah. What do you think? It's a lot of fun. I hate they changed the court because we miss seeing our uh, our logos and stuff everywhere. But we get it. This is a league game, not an Aces game. Uh, but no, I mean, the energy is going to be high. I feel like we're just going to have a great crowd. It's just going to be some good basketball. It's a lot of things. It's, this is what people need. This is how we grow the game. We form these rivalries. We form these talks and inner things that people can come out and support no matter what. And uh, I'm not saying you have to cheer for us. You can boo us all you want, but you're paying attention. You're looking yeah. at it. You're watching the game. You're growing the game. And that's what I love the most about it. You and Brianna Stewart have had this kind of friendly rivalry, you know, with the Aces when she was with the Storm. And then, of course, you know, the All-Star game where you guys have had a lot of fun with all that kind of stuff. And then now with the two best teams in this league. And obviously everyone's kind of looking for not only this season, but years down the road. Does it ever get personal between you guys? Nah, not really. I think we're just, Stewie and I have always been just competitors through and through. Like, we want to be the best uh, that there is. And I think we're, our names are always going to be in that conversation. And that's the beautiful thing about it. But personal, I don't take anything personal. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're getting a chance to play the game that we love at a very, very high level. And I love that. So, nah, nothing personal that way. <laughs> right. All right, final thing for you, Asia. What is the biggest focus point for you and the team as you get ready to hit this floor? Focusing on us. Focusing on us. Uh, it's a lot of things that we could be focusing on. The money, the fact that it's in, in tournament, whatever, uh, in-season tournament, uh, our record, it doesn't really matter. I think we just need to focus on us, and that is going to be key uh, when we get down the stretch in this game. Always great seeing you. Good, to see you. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.